Kenny for your thoughts. All right, guys. Welcome to episode 34 of the Kenny for your thoughts podcast. The podcast where after all these technical difficulties, <laughs> I feel like I have a lit cigarette stapled to my forehead. Brandon. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Our production values are almost as good as AEW's. For not, the not pre-show. Really. Not really. Not really. <laughs> I mean, we we this is the third time's the charm. We're trying this yeah. one last time. Or I'm going to bed. I'm not even recording an episode. <laughs> so Look, Tiff it's... Tiff says, You bring me a sun kissed. <laughs> yes. I was like, why is she talk I was like, why is she talking about a sun kissed? And then I realized. So <laughs> Oh man. Oh, shout out to uh All Elite Podcast. Definitely shout out to All Elite Podcast, the podcast where they don't have technical difficulties the way we do. (laughs) They got their stuff together. Uh, If you guys could send us like a little tutorial on how to work the program. Right, please. That way we could just, or like a template or something. Yes, a tutorial. And uh, the comment is that picture is gold. Which picture are you talking about? Is it the Brock Lesnar picture, the, the middle finger picture? Brandon, we're going one. we're going TV fourteen on this podcast right now. Oh snap! We're going TV fourteen because we're here to talk about double or nothing, Brandon. Well, we're going to offend our sponsors. What are you thinking, Kenny? We've scratched the surface. We've completely <laughs> just got rid of all of our sponsors, so uh, that no. we can go TV fourteen and get sponsors that appeal more to an adult audience. Because we're about sun to get kiss. kicked off the air, like sun kissed. <laughs> we're about to go off the air for showing this clip because you talk about production values. I know a lot of people missed it on the pre-show. You were talking about it in, in the first take. So, what, so what you, <laughs> you were talking about the Val Royal. Yeah, I, I was saying, uh, I, you know, they were having some hiccups there on their pre-show. Uh, I thought they had some funky camera angles going or switching to the wrong cameras here and there, and uh, they missed a couple spots. But uh, this being one of them, of course, with this guy getting the cigarette stapled to his head, it would be really funny to see that. Yeah. Luckily, we have it for you. Uh, I think this is from, correct me if I'm wrong, this is Noel Foley's, Mick Foley's daughter's Instagram. Joey Janela grabbed it off there, and we grabbed it off of Joey Janela. So just so you can see what happened, because what you saw on air was Glacier doing his spit spot. And then all of a sudden they cut back and Joey Janela is just like that in the picture that we showed. So we, you didn't know what the hell happened. So yeah, here we go. Let's see what happened to Joey Janela. I can't wait to see more of uh, Jimmy Havoc, you know. Hopefully they let him just go crazy. Jimmy Havoc's underrated, so uh, it's great stuff, great stuff. Uh, But speaking of AEW, you know, how do you feel about the first uh, T-shirt company commercial that they aired (laughs) on Saturday night, Brandon? Uh, Yeah, I will say (laughs) the the buy-in was a little rough. I don't know if I would have like bought it, like watching it, you know, with the hiccups they were having. But the the actual main show itself was was, was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Solid. I, I, uh, yeah. But speaking, I, I thought, of, I thought, yeah. Sorry, go on. 
So speaking of t-shirt companies, Brandon, way to interrupt me. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of t-shirt companies, ProWrestlingTees.com. We do have something to show you here. Boom. The official Accounting for Your Thoughts podcast. Look at that. Pro Wrestling Tees page. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Accounting for Your Thoughts. Pick up these two lovely t-shirts. We're just we're just getting there. If we sell 25 of these bad boys in any combination, we can definitely get a new design put up. Or I should say more than four designs because we're limited to four. So we got a new design that's coming pretty soon if you help us out. The new design will definitely be Brandon related. I'll just keep it at that. Oh, Wrestle Marvelfer has probably been like, yeah, that bastard. I'll get that t-shirt <laughs> just to wipe my ass with it. Would you do that? Like wipe your ass with it on camera and then like burn it? I, do like a live stream of it. I, I think that'd be he, pretty cool. He might he might have to answer that for you. Yeah, let him know. <laughs> oh man, but you know, to me, the highlight of Double or Nothing was probably MJF. <laughs> MJF oh, yeah. getting a, a, a national platform finally. Slam Hub Wrestling actually asked, "Has Brandon's room filled with smoke?" <laughs> so let me explain for you watching on YouTube, guys watching live. <laughs> Brendan decided on because on Skype they have these this nice feature where you can blur the background. Brandon decided this is the coolest thing he could possibly do. Hell yeah! And blur well, I mean, the I don't have any LEDs Brandon, or any. Brandon, pyro. we can still we can st- still see the porno magazines and the uh, <laughs> lotion in the back there. Yeah, it's like when I move my head a certain right. way. And, like, I still see it. No, I still see it. <laughs> Damn it! Look, this will have to do until I get some LEDs. Or uh, a, new, a new camera, webcam. <laughs> but we were this talking about neat. it is pretty neat. But we were talking about MJF, and, and the one thing you know, I wanted to talk about that because first of all, we got the surprise of the night. We got Bret Hart coming out to present the AEW World Title, which, in my opinion, uh, is a beautiful, beautiful belt. But then we have MJF come out, that bastard, <laughs> and he just starts running down uh, Bret the Hitman Hart, and he looks at him, and while talking, he goes. Oh, Brett, a fan, a fan, a fan. Like, <laughs> Brett's tried so hard not to laugh, which here's the clip right here. So, and then Matt Riggs, what are you, Brett, Brett, a fan? Ha ha! it up. Cheap. Oh, Just man. cheap. Oh, my Just God. Oh, I kill me. Oh, give me a second. That's great. MJF is the man. I'm just going to say it. Um, if there was one guy that came out looking like a star, like somebody that you didn't really see before that finally got that national exposure that came out looking like a star, definitely MJF. Yeah, I think he's already my favorite guy there so far. I think my favorite like um, straight shooter, if you will, is Hangman Page. Like he's a very good babyface, strong presence. Um, but MJF is definitely that chicken shit heel that I want, you know, just to watch and just... Yeah. He's got a hateable face. You know, he's got that punchable face. <laughs> it works out perfectly. I wish I had a clip queued up of it, but if you remember, do you remember at uh, NXT TakeOver when Samoa Joe just pushes some a security guard out of the way and the security guard looks at him? You remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. It's was that MJF. MJF? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was MJF in that. So it, it was pretty damn cool, man. It, it's cool that he's getting his own uh, exposure now. I don't know why I'm wearing this cutoff T-shirt, by the way. <laughs> you have to show the guns, man. You got to show those guns. tats, too. I was going to say, I got, like, some wrestling-related <laughs> yeah. tats. You got, like, Edge's tattoo here, and then you got, like, Randy Orton over there. So, I'm a go. dork. <laughs> I am a dork. Tiff yeah. says, I've always been a huge MJF fan. I always used to heckle him in SWA. That's awesome that you've been supporting him that long. 
That is awesome. But Brandon, you were yeah. saying. Yeah, I was asking if uh, you tried to let Edge or Orton know that you got ink, like you were inspired. No, to, no uh, because I <laughs> so I like tweeted. I was like, I was like eighteen or nineteen when I got these yeah. tats. So I mean, uh, I would be embarrassed to tell another grown man, like, "Hey, I have tattoos," <laughs> you know. So in, in hindsight, you know, but you know, probably wasn't the best idea. But you know, I lost the bet is really what happened. So I had to get these tattoos. So. Dang. That's a that's a different story for a different different day. But Brandon, you, no, you, yeah, they're nice you, tats. You don't regret it. Sort of. I sort of regret yeah. <laughs> my tattoos and our friendship. Um, yes. <laughs> so, did you see the video where MJF yelled at the kid for touching him? Yes, yes, I have seen that video. That video was freaking awesome. Uh, but Brandon, you're supposed to be the master of ceremonies for this podcast this week. You're supposed to segue us talk talking into. Segue. Double, uh, yeah, you're supposed to tell. People us want about, to talk about MJF and the kids. That's what I want to hear about. I want to hear about MJF and these little kids. So is he just always in character? Yeah, he's one of the it. rare. He's one of the rare guys that always seems to be in character, which is not a bad thing. It's kind of like me, Brandon. I don't let people know I actually like you. I'm always in character <laughs> right. to the point where you are not. You're convinced that I hate you. Right. Yeah. There's sometimes I really can't. I can't tell. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But that's all right. You know what? I can deal. We got we got a podcast to run, you know. We're professionals. Fernando, Fernando, who by the way is Russell Marvifer, who hates you. Yeah, he says I'm not gonna lie, dude. I got WCW vibes when Hart came out, which gave me a bad feeling. Let's not talk about Bret Hart and WCW. I'd like to forget those days. I hated Bret Hart and WCW, and I was a huge Bret Hart fan. Uh, got a comment well, here that says you should get more wrestling tats. No, no more wrestling tats. Yeah. If, if I get tattoos, they're gonna be of myself. And then uh, Slam Hope Wrestling says, I'm jealous that even freaking Kenny Majid is using OBS. What? You think I can't use the program? Like, what do you mean even Kenny Majid is using OBS? Oh, man. <laughs> Nothing wrong with some OBS yeah. or some ODB or some PCP or you down with OPP right. or you down with RVD still... <laughs> or MJF. <laughs> I still think you need to either get the WWE Scratch or the AEW logo as as your last, you know, tat. I posted something like that on tat. our Instagram, which was the AEW logo with the W being the WWE logo. Yeah, said, yeah. I, I, I posted it and I said, I'm pretty sure I just pissed off every single follower we have. And uh, <laughs> Fernando, WrestleMarvel for 333, your biggest fan, he says, Brandon should get an NXT tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I lose like some terrible bet. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, it would show like like and, uh, God. This yeah. will just sound racist when I say it, but it's not. It wouldn't yeah. show up correctly on yeah, like, your stuff yeah. anyway, right? It doesn't look right. Like yeah. you can't, you couldn't get like a bright yellow tattoo, like an <laughs> logo. <laughs> a little too dark for that, I think. But I don't know. Maybe if they like color it in, like with a lot of yellow, like we will test yellow. that out. We will test that out. Yeah, guys. maybe it'll work. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so somebody <laughs> get uh, uh, one of those like fake tats that I can you know peel off with the water thing yes can someone mail yeah. brandon a fake nxt tattoo he'll wear it his address is brandon... <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> but brandon wait so... can... yeah, yeah good yeah don't we have like a p.o box or something or like a we'll get one we'll get one an amazon or, locker or, just, or yeah. just mail it to tiff she'll she'll mail it to yeah, us somehow mail it to tiff. she'll figure it out yeah right nice. <laughs> so brandon Geez, yes, I, told, I told you to segue us. You're not even talking right. about double or nothing. You came over All to right. watch the pay-per-view. What were <laughs> some did. of the moments that stood out? 
Oh, uh, moments that stood out on pay-per-view. Definitely, when the main car starts up, um, I want to say Kylie Ray. I, I was marking out for Kylie Ray. I was happy about smiley that. Smiley Kylie uh, Ray. Yeah, smiley Kylie I, Ray. Awesome. When she teared up, she was like legitimately just crying like during her entrance, and it was cool to see. I haven't seen that kind of passion from a wrestler in okay. a while. You know, maybe not since like Kofi Kingston uh, winning the WWE title when my freaking ass cried. Um, <laughs> Brandon's sitting there like, I was like, yeah, yeah, so and I'm see. crying my ass off. <laughs> so here, yes. here's a question: Slam Hope Wrestling says rank these heels one to five. All right, so okay. MJF, Leo Rush, Baron Corbin, Shane McMahon, Jay White. Oh, damn! So All from right. from best to worst, I guess let's do best to worst. All right, best to worst, I gotta go Baron Corbin, just for because... number one. Yeah, for number one, because okay. like you, you gotta hate that guy. I mean, you know what I mean, right? So yeah, Barry Corbin number one. Um, I guess we'll throw Leo Russian as number two because he's okay. like annoying. Okay. Um, who who are the other uh, three again? Uh, Shane oh. McMahon, MJF, Jay White. Okay, yeah, I guess I'll go Jay White, Shane McMahon, then MJF last. Because I like MJF too much, so I guess that's bad. Because like I'm, so, you know, Brandon. I, I just want everyone to know that Brandon put Jay White at number three because he doesn't know who the hell Jay White is, and felt like he needed to put him in the middle of the pack so that he didn't seem like a freaking noob. <laughs> no, was, who's I Jay White? What's proper, his nickname? Hit me I with his nickname. Proper ranking, What's right? his nickname? His nickname is. I'm gonna look it up right now. <laughs> you proved my point, <laughs> but you proved my point. So if you're asking me that question, I will tell you. Let me let me pull up the names again. Um, so best to worst, I'm gonna go Baron Corbin number one. Why? Because we legitimately hate the shit out of Baron Corbin. There's nothing to like about Baron Corbin. The mark of a perfect heel. Number two, throw. I'm gonna throw MJF in there just because he is. He's got a punchable face, so I, I think he's number two easily. Um, number three. Uh, Shane McMahon. I'm throwing Shane McMahon there because uh, Shane McMahon has kind of grown into this heel character of, like, you just cannot stand him. Like, I find myself not liking Shane McMahon recently, and that's a good thing. He's a heel. Uh, Number four, I am putting Leo Rush. The only reason I'm putting him so far down on the list is because, to me, he doesn't generate heat. He generates, you know, the crowd likes him. The crowd absolutely does like him. I think it's hard to hate a guy like Leo Rush. You know, because you got so much charisma. But you can throw MJF into that category, too. Um, and then last but not least, I'm putting Jay White. Uh, the Switchblade. Just FYI. Switchblade <laughs> Jay White. Um, I, I'm just not a fan of Jay White. I really am not. I think he's kind of bland. Uh, that's just me. I think it's because I've seen him as a young boy. And, like, I almost still categorize him in, in that. Maybe, like, I haven't given him a chance as Switchblade. Uh, don't like him as much. Just, I just don't. But thanks for the question, Slam Hub Wrestling. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Hell but yeah. you were saying about Double or Nothing, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, of course, like the spot uh, toward the end of their match when uh, her, like, sort of bo- Kylie Ray's bow tie sort of. Slip, slip down her hair dude that was kick, one of that was very falls off. Yeah, was how cool. organic was that because like it wasn't a planned spot you know what I mean like the bow just coming right. loose but for it to go flying when she got the super kick from uh, doctor was it Dr. Britt Baker you know it wouldn't right. be a podcast episode if you phone and go off in the middle <laughs> of know, the podcast Brandon I've been I missed it it's I been like, wow. Wow. oh wow. man 
I'm sorry. Wait, can you uh, roll that back? Yeah. Can you can you turn your Tinder notifications off for just a second? I'm turning it all off. I got zero matches. (laughs) That's what it's telling me. Uh, (laughs) Zero matches. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, We're we're good to go. All right. All right, good yes. to go, professional podcast. Run that back. Yes, professional podcast. We don't have to run anything back. We're live, damn it. We're live, pal. We're, we're live. You want to talk about yeah, practice? Yeah, with your thoughts. Oh, you want to talk about <laughs> practice? Why? Everybody doing this stuff live. You just want to talk about practice. That's right. Look, you know, we're I, working I, the kinks out. I'm ashamed to admit that I hadn't seen that ever until like you showed it to me. So, you know. Oh, oh, cool. oh, the practice thing? Yeah, yes. the practice thing. I'd never seen it. Oh, man. I didn't understand yeah. the Allen Iverson practice, practice, yeah. practice. But, yeah, Slam Hope Wrestling says Brandon's that... phone again. I the Brandon's phone <laughs> is the one person that has never been invited on this podcast but has shown up for pretty much every episode. <laughs> and, like, just so you know, we'll be watching wrestling, and my daughter is, like, sleeping in the next room. And Brandon's phone will just go, like, while we're watching, like, wake her ass up. Good job, Brandon. Wake up a two-year-old with your phone. Uh, tell her I apologize, actually, uh, for that. But I would, it's but cool. she doesn't forgive you. <laughs> she still doesn't <laughs> forgive me. But yeah, yeah, mentioning that, I don't ever think that's why it kind of sucked that it kind of went over like a fart in church when they did the gimmick <laughs> uh, during the show. <laughs> like everybody hey, was like, huh? Dwayne King yeah, says yeah. something cool, which is which is true. He says, watching on Instagram and YouTube, the magic of phones. That is pretty damn cool, isn't it? Uh, the magic of, you know, technology. I'm streaming this on a computer. I'm looking at Brandon on Skype. I'm using one phone to live stream on Instagram. And I'm chatting <laughs> along with everybody on another phone. So, I right. mean, that's just, you want to talk overkill. There it is, right. guys. And not only that, but there yeah. are people who are going to listen to this on the audio-only version. So they're not going to have any idea what we're talking about. But it's cool. Oh, I mean, technology is awesome, man. Technology is cool. But you were saying, Brandon. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So that was another spot. Um, oh, also, uh, during the six-woman tag match. I was uh, super was... impressed by that match, just FYI. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, they just let them wrestle like that straight sort of Japanese style. It was really good. Um, I thought so anyway. The finish got weird. But they, I think they played it off well enough that, you know. The finish did super get fun. weird. They messed up, but uh, like they played it off. Just like you said, they played it off. Yeah. I think the only real mess up was that they played the winning team's music. When, <laughs> yeah. You know, as in like the heel team had gotten Whoops. the the, yeah. the, the accidental pinfall, and they hit the face music, and it was like, yeah, yeah. So you kind of know who is gonna win right after that. But like for all things considered, we as wrestling fans forgive them because right. we know that's their first show. If WWE had done that, we'd have shit all over them. We'd have been like, look at this crap. This is what Vince McMahon wants to give us. You know, like they, we would have been crapping on it because honestly, we're not fair to WWE. I'm going to be honest. But speaking of not being fair to WWE, maybe uh, let's segue into something I want to talk about. Maybe, or should we save this to later? I kind of want to talk about that John Moxley episode of oh, right, right. Talk is Jericho. Yeah. We'll save that. Let's save that. Let's get back into the, the AEW card. So to the card. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll quickly move through this. Uh, oh, of course, for me, I thought match of the night, hands down. Cody wait, 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 wait. I was like, I didn't even hear what you said, but let, let me let me guess. Oh. All right. I'm going to throw up a picture. You yeah, tell yeah. me if it's this match. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that says it all. That Look right there. at that 
look at face, that, man. Like, look at that. If that doesn't say it all. I mean, that's the guy you want to thank for the things that he does to his body to entertain us. That Just, man right there. I honestly cannot believe what we saw because it's it's like I didn't know not to say I ever doubted Dustin Rhodes but like I didn't know he had that in him at his age match of the night match of the night and and there are rumors that I think the next day and people who went to the event they could probably confirm this for me they had a panel basically asking Dustin Rhodes some questions and uh, somebody told him I want to say Conrad um, told him like do you know that, you know, how do you feel about having the potential match of the night? And he didn't believe them. He didn't believe that he had match of the night. And to me, you know, not to speculate, but that's almost sad to me because it means that his confidence has been worn down to the point where, you know, by WWE bluntly to the point where he didn't believe that he had match of the night. He didn't believe someone telling him that because he's never been given that feedback Wow. He's been, you know, he's just a good hand. He's just a good hand. Yeah. And that's sad for a legend like Dustin Rhodes. So so now I feel like I'm really glad he went to AEW. You know, I would have loved if he finished. In in hindsight, I think, like, at the time I would have said, I wish Goldust would finish his career in WWE because I don't like the Dustin Rhodes, like him, the natural Dustin Rhodes. But mm. now that I've seen the execution of it, I'm really, really happy he's in a good place. Oh yeah, man. And then it, of course, like that, the whole setup for the match, like even the entrance, you know, of course, Cody coming out, you know, the throne there, taking the sledgehammer to the throne, you know, doing that little shot, you know, out to Triple H, uh, just everything about it. It was, it was, it was great. That was, that was nice, definitely a highlight for me, uh, the entire show. And of yeah. course, uh, MJF coming out and getting to just well, well, go that's... wild. Let's talk. I mean, uh, I have the clip here, so oh, let's, yeah, let's, let's run it. Uh, the aftermath of the Cody versus Dustin match was one of the most oh, emotional yeah. things I've ever seen in my life. So let, let's let's run that back. And guys, let me know if you can't hear this on the chat. Hold on, hold on. You oh, don't get can you hear it, to retire here. You don't get that. I can't hear it, but I can see the video. Okay. So this is Cody saying. Because uh, I got to ask you a favor. You can't retire like that. I need to ask you a favor. In front of God and the whole world. And he basically right. says, I don't need a friend. Before AEW was a I thing. I don't need Before we partner. filled this place up. I need up. my brothers. It was me. It was Kenny. And, it was uh, Matt. It was Nick. Like, it was Tony. Uh, I spoiled it, but he basically and says, And I put my name on a piece of paper for our show next month in Jacksonville for Fight for the Ball. And you know what the match that I put my name down on? So we know for future reference. It was myself, um, but this and a partner of my choosing. I mean, they're covered. He's covered in his brother's blood. I want you to realize this. He's not covered in his own blood. That's his brother's blood. Like every bit of it. Against and uh, against what I think is the best tag team in the world, crazy. the Young Bucks. They're absolutely crazy. And you can tell they got legitimately emotional. Um, I mean, how could Do the you tears, know? man. Yeah. Maybe deliver the promo to, to the team. It's crazy. But Dustin, I don't okay. need. Awesome. I don't need oh, a partner. Sweet. I don't need. I don't need a friend. Father, you know, 
they're channeling their father right now. I mean, they're two brothers who legitimately lost their father. And you see these tears right here? I need my older brother. Cody's voice breaking at that moment. This really hit the fans. I mean, absolutely. And this right here, to me, is what's going to set AEW apart from the WWE. Because you can't fake that kind of emotion. Sometimes the best storylines... Sometimes the best storylines in professional wrestling are the simplest ones. Who can't feel that moment? I need my brother. I need my brother. I don't need a partner. I don't need this. I need my brother. Just like who can't feel. I'll give you another storyline. I know it's way back when, but the storyline where uh, Rick Rude was hitting on Jake the Snake Roberts' wife. Who can't feel that? Who can't feel the you know the sting of somebody hitting on your wife and coming out and defending her honor? Simple storylines work. Like if you came out and slapped Brandon, you know how you think I would feel? I would I'd help you. <laughs> Beat you down. Beat you down. That's but right. Honestly, Don't bring your your girl to the club if you if your game isn't tight. By the way, as well, because uh, you're in for a world of hurt heartache. So, guys, I have something to admit. Um, the main event of the night, which was Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, we kind of tapped out by this time. And both of us, um, I have to admit, Brandon came over late. Not his fault. We both had stuff going on. My sisters graduated that day. Brandon worked, whatever we had going. So we didn't start this event till about midnight. Uh, we watched the replay, essentially. <laughs> yeah, we were up late, bro. And uh, so by the time morning. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho went on, it was like 3 in the morning. <laughs> and uh, we were like just sitting there. And, and to his credit, all right, and this is all jokes aside, I've seen Brandon fall asleep. Hell, he fell asleep during Raw this week, too. <laughs> but during the main during the main card and during most of the event, Brandon was awake and like, tuned in for this and you didn't know this but there was a lot of times i was staring at you and paying attention (laughs) (laughs) not in a a creepy way but no it was just more so like it was a metaphor you were like a metaphor for the average wrestling fan because like you could see how much more excited you were for aew than the product wwe has been putting out lately and it was crazy. It was crazy to see. Like you didn't. Obviously, you don't know you're doing it. But like, usually your body language watching WWE is more like, like you know, you're just kind of sitting. Your eyes are kind of squinted. With AEW, you were like leaned forward and you were like looking. Like you, your eyes were bugged out for a couple moments. You know what I mean? So uh, it let me know. The main thing is it let me know that there is room in the wrestling world for AEW. It let me know that they're gonna be just fine. Honestly. They are an alternative to WWE, um, not competition. And, you know, it doesn't mean I have to stop watching WWE, but when I get scorned with WWE, I can watch a little bit of AEW. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, overall, what do you think about this event? Oh, uh, yeah. Overall, I, th- I thought it was a good event, a uh, good, you know, first sort of big main event for them to have. I thought... The card, how they structured it was perfect. The order of the matches, so everything I think flowed together the way it needed to. You had your cool down spots where it needed to, and then you had, you know, all your main matches hit when they needed to. Uh, so that made for a, you know, enjoyable pay per view watching experience to just sit and watch through it. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to the next pay per view. Uh, aren't we going to one of them? 
specific. We're going, uh, yeah, so, if, if, if we're no going to try to, if nothing comes up. No, yeah. what do you mean try? We already have the tickets. If well, nobody, I mean, yeah. Yeah, if nobody knows, um, we're going to fight for the fall in, in July. Uh, someone could probably educate me on this. I don't know if it's going to be aired anywhere or, or shown anywhere, but it is for a good cause. Um, so definitely, definitely happy to buy tickets for Fight for the Fallen. Um, Dwayne King says something kind of funny, which is I had to rewatch half of Money in the Bank twice just because I was so tired that night. Um, the one thing I've actually disagreed, we haven't talked about Money in the Bank. I've disagreed with a lot of people on Money in the Bank because a lot of people are like, oh, Money in the Bank was a shitty pay-per-view and this and that. And I was like, Money in the Bank was a pretty damn good pay-per-view. See, that's the thing. I've gotten a lot of messages this week, so thank you from to all of you. There's a handful of you who have sent. You don't even know it, but you've sent the same message to me, so I know that it has to be true. And the message essentially has said, I appreciate how unbiased you are in your opinion. I'm not going to sit there and knock WWE for being shit and just say AEW is golden. Especially when they haven't proven themselves. they At the time, especially when they had, didn't even have a show on. I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm also not going to say, well, AEW is just a t-shirt company. WWE is the machine. They are great. No, I'm going to be fair. And I'm going to tell you this. Money in the Bank, for everybody saying that it was a shitty pay-per-view, I thought it was a good pay-per-view. I thought Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles was a damn good pay-per-view. I thought Brock Lesnar winning the Money in the Bank was a damn good surprise. Because everyone booed the shit out of it. Ali looked like he was about to have his moment, and then boom, Brock Lesnar shows up. We may not have liked it, per se, but it was shocking. And sometimes I can see that. I can see that if it's shocking and it gets people talking, it's a good thing. It is absolutely a good thing. Um, the women's Money in the Bank, I thought, I called Money in the Bank the redemption of Bailey Because they did everything in their power in one night to completely flip the script with Bailey. And just give her credibility. Um, I thought that was very well done for something they've done before. Because they had Alexa Bliss cash in the same night. But I thought they did a damn good job with the way they did it with Bailey. They got one title off of Becky Lynch while still saving her in the sense. Do you know what I mean? Um, Well, that's a different story for a different day if we feel like Becky Lynch has lost (laughs) some steam, right? So... Nah, the the Lesnar memes are too good. Yes, if you haven't seen the Lesnar memes on our, actually, I got one ready for you in, in oh, just okay, a nice. second. But if you haven't seen the Brock Lesnar memes that are going around, especially in our page, please go find them at a Kenny for your thoughts podcast and on Twitter at Kenny Podcast. Right. Um, we definitely got some fire coming. There, if there's one thing I I'm confident on, it's our content on Instagram and Twitter because whenever I think of something funny, I just post it. I don't care. I don't wait. Uh, I don't try to copy trends and I'm getting a lot of messages that like people are liking that. So that's pretty cool. And let's go to it. We'll jump back. I was going to show a picture of something that happened at double or nothing, but we'll go back to it. So here's the meme from Monday. Here we go. (laughs) Got Brock Lesnar with his beast box. If you will. (laughs) Oh yeah. The greatest thing to come out <laughs> of Brock Lesnar winning the Money in the Bank is just him holding it up and rocking out to it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was our friend Wesley at Flashback Wrestling who pointed it out. He said that everything with Brock 
happens that hap that is organic is the best and it's true because you got to remember where suplex city was born it was literally the middle of wrestlemania 31 where li- we were there live and he keeps yeah. suplexing roman reigns which he did to um john cena you know but he literally looks at the camera and he just goes suplex city bitch <laughs> <laughs> and it, be, it became his gimmick after that. You know what I mean? So oh, now man. you have shirts that say Brock, Brock Party. You know, ain't no party like a Brock, Brock Party because a Brock, Brock Party don't stop. You know, things like that. I mean, Brock Lesnar is having fun and I'm having fun with Brock Lesnar. Okay. So for anybody, this is the problem I have with AEW fans right now because I'm not... I don't consider myself an AEW fan. I don't consider myself a WWE fan. I'm going to look you all in the eyes. I am a wrestling fan. I love professional wrestling. And I'm going to call out when things are stupid. I'm going to call out things when they're good. And I'm going to call out fans right now. The fact that people are saying, well, this Brock Lesnar shit's stupid. You're the same fans that think it's stupid when Brock Lesnar comes in, scowling, beats someone's ass, and then leaves. So let him be entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't just hate the guy to hate the guy you know what i mean there's a reason why the ratings go up and brock lesnar is um around because he is a beast the fact that they're letting him be more entertaining is a good thing it adds more layers to the character of brock lesnar because there's nothing more <laughs> intimidating than a fucking six foot five 300 pound man who's just having fun <clears throat> and taunting people that i can cash this in at any time and then I don't know if I don't think I have it, but uh, actually I do. What does he do to Paul Heyman? Oh yeah, like, do you got a clip just, of that? Oh, yeah, awesome. I do, but I have the meme version. That again, I want to oh, show okay. it to you all. Yeah. If you're not following us on social media at a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast, you can see it on the screen right now at a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and then uh, Twitter at Kenny Podcast. It's the clip of Brock Lesnar slapping Paul Heyman around, basically saying, "I got a year to cash this in." And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know." He's like, yeah, basically like, screw this. I'm not going to tell anybody when I'm cashing it in. So I have the meme. I did a meme for it, and I put a little haha on there. So here, here it is, guys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I... <laughs> That one got a couple likes there, so I like that one. Again, that was just that was just one thing like I just stupidly came up with in two seconds of, you know, imagining someone single that you like and you know. Anyway, I don't have to explain it. You see it on our our Instagram, um, right? Yeah, and someone just pointed out um, when he slapped Heyman with the document exactly what we're just talking about. Yeah. Um, Slam Hub Wrestling says Brock is going to be the top merch sellers in the next month. I wholeheartedly agree. It's to the point where I want to buy a Brock Party (laughs) t-shirt. Sometimes WWE, see, this is the thing. Sometimes WWE gets it right to run with the the Brock Lester, you know, doing that with the boom box. To run with it, it was absolutely the correct idea because it's going to get over for no reason. It's organic. Like, it's it's going to get over. It's not something that they forced on us, uh, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, Dwayne King says, when he's entertaining and or stupid, it's pretty awesome, and I agree with that. But let's take it back, Brandon. We're kind of getting into WWE. I want to take it back. We're missing a huge, huge moment uh, from Double or Nothing. So let's put that up on the screen right now. There he is in all his glory, John Moxley with the man, Cody Rhodes. John Moxley made a surprise appearance. 
after the main event. Uh, Brandon, tell me how you felt at this time. I, I felt like we were marking out. I mean, we were dead asleep. I'll say it like this. We were dead asleep. <laughs> and then when we saw that come, like John Moxley come out, we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I remember perking back up during uh, yeah. Jericho's little promo at the end. I was like trying to get closer to the TV so I could hear it. And uh, yeah, then then you know, Moxley pops up. It's like whoa, and the crowd pops, and it's like hey, he's there. He showed up. And he came deal. down. Yeah, and then I, yeah, and then I thought it was cool that him and Omega started fighting. They fought into the crowd, you know, extending it on, you know, yeah, the feud, and then so. he, you know. Uh, and then he did like a little Death Valley driver onto the, or an AA. I don't know if you want to call it that, but he he did that uh, onto the chips. Um, yeah, man. So I think I've said it on this podcast, and I'll reiterate it. I said AEW is going to need that one star. You know, not not a Chris Jericho, not who's in the legend role, but like a top guy who's on his game right now to show up and completely change the dynamic of AEW. And I said, only two guys can do it. I said, CM Punk, John Moxley. And I was freaking right, because as soon yeah. as John Moxley showed up, the, the air changed. The dynamic of AEW changed. And it was not to say, that's not to down Cody Rhodes. That's not to down the Young Bucks. That's not even to down Chris Jericho. But you need a star to come from WWE at the top of his game and debut for AEW mainly because he wants to be there. That sets the precedent for AEW because you knew all these other guys were going to be with AEW, but you didn't see that one coming. And I think it really sets the tone. It really sets the tone for September. How would you feel about this, Brandon? Right. Yeah, no, this is... This is this is pretty nuts. I, I like all the you know pictures they got, especially uh, him and Cody flipping the bird at the camera there. Uh, and it was it was interesting too. Uh, listening to his interview with Jericho and uh, you know talking about how you know he filmed that a Moxley clip. You know, with sick Nick Mondo. Yeah, yeah. Sick Nick Mondo. Yeah, like before he sort of left the company, so it'd be ready to drop. You know, at midnight as soon as he can drop it and get it there and, it, and that was cool how it worked out because you know had the fans wondering you know is he leaving is this just a wwe production thing i mean i, I think those questions are still in the air actually but, eight, uh, eight grand of his own yeah. money to shoot that says otherwise it's nuts so yeah if that happened that that's crazy and that was really a cool way uh for him to sort of reintroduce himself you know uh and back into the dressing business um oh there was also one other cool thing that i forgot to mention that oh well the thing that i thought was cool on the show was um i guess the smash the super smash brothers i i didn't know who they were but it was cool when their minion guys at the end or whatever like made that little makeshift like that. throne i didn't like that and they sat yeah. down you didn't like that oh, I, no, thought it was no, cool. I, I, I didn't i hadn't seen it before so i didn't know like if that's something they do all the time or what that is i guess somebody in the chat that probably knows more about it uh, can fill us in on that but yeah well i guess you didn't like it or care for that spot in the match so i mean no i mean it was like one of those things i was i was confused <laughs> at that time I mean, with <laughs> oh, the okay. minions going and i also think i was pissed because i think our stream kept like jumping back so oh you it thought showed, you were right. yeah it showed that moment like four different times and i was kind of like over it by the time it right. aired twice so I was uh, like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm so done with this. I keep hitting this mic. I keep hitting this mic, but it's okay. 
it's like I'm so frustrated with you. You're like WWE for John Moxley. Um, but but that podcast, um, that podcast, I don't want to say it made me hate WWE more, but a lot of things happened in the midst of that podcast. It was like I stopped drinking the WWE Kool Aid as much listening to John Moxley because I believe him. I believe every word he said. And the other thing is, I take back every bad thought I've ever had about Dean Ambrose, you know, in WWE, because I, I think it was like the Austin podcast. Oh it, yeah, it, it did left... you feel like were you like, oh yeah, this guy's just lazy, or he's not yes. pushing himself and stuff like Absolutely. that, uh, and, and then think, this sort think, of flipped it now. Yes, I okay. think I had the misconception that because of the way Austin had kind of like run him down, that was like. You know, he was complacent that he was this, that he was that. And I was just kind of like, man, look at this, like, you know, millennial kind of wrestler. And I, I I ate every single word because it's like just listening to what he was thinking um, when pitching ideas. And just to hear that February, his two days off that he took from the road, he went to shoot something for eight grand so that it would be ready to drop May 1st as soon as his contract expired. To drop it at midnight on social media, a social media platform he's never used. He had all that followers, but he never tweeted. And he changed his Instagram handle at midnight, or someone changed it for him. He actually hired someone to do it. And then, boom, drops that video at midnight, gets like 3 million views in like an hour. It completely changed my mind because it was like, okay, this guy's not complacent. It's just WWE took his fire away. Because it's true. It's kind of demoralizing if you have all these creative juices and then someone stifles you. Kind of like what happens, uh, what what I do to you on this podcast. Right <laughs> I'm, bringing the, I'm bringing Kenny down. No, I was saying the opposite. Juices. The funny part is I was saying the opposite, but you I trained saying, you. I I've trained you to me. think that I'm yeah. saying something bad. I was saying I was stifling uh, your creative no. juices. Not at all. I have no juices flowing right now. I just try to... <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that, if you haven't heard, if you haven't heard the John Moxley interview in Talk is Jericho, please go listen to it. Uh, he burns every bridge possible with WWE. Like he, but at the same time, it doesn't come from a place. It doesn't sound like a guy who's like, I'm, I'm mad that I never got to the top. It was more like I got to the top, but they gave me this crappy character that I never really appreciated. And now I'm free and I'm free to do what I want. And I'm so happy. And, it's just like a redemption story. I mean, I think Jericho calls it the emancipation of John Moxley. Like, I think it was a correct way to describe it. It was absolutely uh, one of the best podcasts I've ever heard, honestly. Yeah. Now, what do you think about this compared to CM Punk's with uh, Cole Cabana? That one is where it, this is to tell you I'm very fair. I'm a, I, You know this. You can attest to this. I was one of the biggest CM Punk fans out there. I love CM Punk, so I'm not coming from a place of hating CM Punk, but I didn't believe a fucking word he said. <laughs> like, everything he said was like, I don't know, like, it came across really bitter. Mm. Moxley's came across, like, freeing, and I'm happy to that I'm gone. Punk's came from a place of, you killed my love for the business, I fucking hate you, I don't want to talk to you anymore, I'm never going to wrestle again, disparage WWE in any way I possibly can, that's how it came across. Mm. It's so, he, what he could, what what he said was probably true. 
I mean, there were points that Ambrose, I, I should say Moxley, said in the same way CM Punk said. That, you know, Vince called him and said, I need, I need a favor, pal. Punk said that mm. too. But again, Punk just came across bitter. It, it, it came across bitter. I almost didn't appreciate it. Uh, it didn't, whereas Moxley came across like, you know, he's just confident in himself. Like he doesn't need, like, I don't mm-hmm. need to tell you this be, to, to make myself feel better. I'm just telling it to you because it's the truth. That's my that's, opinion. That's my opinion on it. Uh, it was interesting. You brought up the, the Stone Cold uh, uh, interview with him. Uh, are you going to maybe listen to that one back? or are you? I might do that right like, after this. Just to I, see, I might, like, yeah, what you yeah. feel about it now. I might do that. I mean, he mentions – I want to say he mentions Austin on the podcast without mentioning Austin because he's like, I'm kind of sick of these attitude errors oh, right, saying, right. you know, you got to go into Vince's office and talk and this and that. And he's like, I did. He's like, I did everything like that, but I wasn't going to go tell, tell the old man, fuck you. You know, I was going to go tell the old man, you know, this is what I think. This is what you do. But ultimately, if you're signing my checks and you want it this way, I'll do it. You know, and so, again, it's like I gained so much respect for John Moxley. And I think if for nothing else, obviously Jericho had a motive dropping this this week. John Moxley's the hottest thing in the business, gets all eyes on his podcast. But if not for, you know, all that aside, if there's one thing to come out of the John Moxley interview. It's that I'm more hyped to see him now than I've ever been. I've always been a Dean Ambrose, John Moxley fan, but like now I'm really hyped because it sounds like he's grown as an individual. You know, he understands that he understands the position he's in, in AEW. He understands like, I'm one of the guys, like the top guys. Like he even was telling it to Jericho. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're in a position to make some of these. So the guys stars, you know, I think he says, you know, what if they tune in to TNT and they're like, hey, isn't that that S.H.I.E.L.D. guy? Hey, but who's that? Who's Hangman Adam Page? Maybe I should go check him out. You know, puts more eyes on the other guys. And that's a very mature way of viewing it. It's like, you know, I know I'm the star. I know I'm coming from this WWE platform where a lot of eyes know who I am. And I can put them on the these other guys and I can build them. So I believe him. I believe him. Whereas, again, CM Punk came across as like, me, 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 <laughs> me, 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 You know? Did CM saying. Punk go too hard on Ryback? Ryback's, Ryback's <laughs> a different story for a different day. You know, Ryback's actually liked a couple of our things on our, uh, our social nice. media side. No, no, no. That's more than you've done, CM Punk, you bastard. <laughs> Now, now, yeah, you know what? Now I gotta go listen to uh, to Ryback stuff too, because uh, who did he do? He did a podcast with somebody, right? Sort of explaining. Uh, wait, uh, Slam Hope Wrestling said. Of, wait, wait. Slam Hope Wrestling said something that's pretty cool. Uh, he yeah. said, you know, remember Sasha Banks' situation? He says after yeah. that podcast dropped, Sean Ross Sapp sent a tweet apologizing to Sasha Banks. I guess oh, more wow. so because, and that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You can say your point again uh, right after Brandon, but no, 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 I think that's what it opened my eyes to is like, I've had the blinders on with WWE. I was, I kind of was like, people can't, why are people so disgruntled? They're making, you know, six figures. They're, they're on a, a you know, worldwide platform. Why is Tasha Banks being like that? And then, you know, in one hour of a podcast episode, I think Moxley opened up my eyes to like, holy crap, it's not all peaches and cream in WWE right now. It sounds like a lot of these people have these ideas and then they're getting killed. 
You know, so it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy there. But, uh, Brandon, I think we got a couple, you know, maybe 15 more minutes to go. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let us, uh, yeah. So, like I said, yeah. What did, well, ultimately, what did you think of the uh, pay per view overall before we move on? Yeah. Before we move on, I mean, uh, overall, here, let me get back on, guys. I'm getting jumping back on Instagram Live if you're following us there. So, let me, um, Overall, double or nothing exceeded my expectations, and that surprised the hell out of me because um, it's so easy to not live up to the hype because there was so much hype going into double or nothing, and I was like, there's no way. You know, I was telling telling myself, there's no way they can live up to that hype, mainly because there's just so much. There's just so much, and it's going to be a good pay-per-view, but not as good as everyone's going to say, and I'm so happy to say that I was completely wrong. Um, it exceeded even my expectations, uh, or I think everyone's expectations for, um, you know, what they thought was going to happen. I, as much as I thought John Moxley would show up, I didn't expect him, and he, you know, he showed up, and I was happy about it. Um, I think it really set uh, the wheels in motion for AEW. So for all the haters who were like, oh, it was a, this wrestling company, you can see it's different. I think I've said this before, and uh, here, hit me up on the chats with this one. I don't think TNA ever had this hype when they first started. My opinion. And I was a TNA fan, so I don't want anyone thinking I'm biased towards TNA, but I don't think TNA ever established themselves, especially out of the gate this well. They were just like this monthly, they did this weekly pay-per-view every Wednesday night. And they just had a $10 price tag. This was a different time. But, you know, they had like all these guys, basically all these, and I'm just say it. Let me, let me hit a little backstory. Mm-hmm. The biggest company, I think, post-WWE, when post-WCW, I should say, was a little company called uh, Wrestling All-Stars, WWA. And, uh... They had the Scott Steiners and all of these guys, and it was looking like they were going to be good competition, but they folded pretty quick. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have the right money management, whatever. That company, I thought, had hype, and I thought they were going to go places, and they folded. And then TNA came to play, but TNA came into play and just took all of their stars. Everybody who had lost their jobs from there, they just took them right over. And that's what it felt like. It felt like they were just like, okay. Since there's no other companies come to us. Uh, whereas AEW feels like, hey guys, you're disgruntled in WWE. Come see us. There was nobody that was ever going to leave. In 2002, I'll say it like this. In 2002, there was never anybody that was going to leave the WWE and go to TNA. The only reason they did that was because they got fired. Brandon, why are you hitting hearts on... on... You know that oh, showed up on the feed. With, with... <laughs> <laughs> I was agree with what you were saying. Yeah, I loved what you were saying. So wow, no, you didn't. You just yeah. accidentally hit yeah. that. <laughs> but no, I did. But yes, please continue on. You spit knowledge right now, bro. You're I'm breaking just, it I'm down. Just saying, like, look. Oh my god, I, I just saw it. I just saw it on the YouTube. But anyway, <laughs> it's like I, I couldn't. There was nobody that was ever going to leave uh, WWE to go to TNA at that time, and mm-hmm. in the way that people are leaving WWE to go to AEW, because they want to leave WWE and go. To AEW, so I'm just saying, like I'm just saying, there was, there's never been for everybody that was like, oh, AEW is not competition. 
you have obviously never lived through the Monday Night Wars because this is the first time I have felt like that since 1995. When I was like single digits, six, seven years, eight years old, I understood there was a war. And I understand at 30 years old that there's another war coming because this is the first time it's felt like that in a while. Even in 2010, it still felt like the conglomerate that was WWE was going to beat this little tiny TNA. Whereas now I'm like, oh man, they got some competition coming in the fall. And uh, (laughs) Tiff says he likes hearts. Leave the man alone. (laughs) Yes. But guys, you know, Fernando said it best. He said, let's all be a wrestling family. Absolutely. Like you can, you can say, look, I don't like WWE. I like AEW. And you can say, I don't like AEW. I like WWE, but nobody should say fuck WWE. I hope they go out of business. AEW all the way. Nobody should say AEW ain't going to last. Fuck them. I, I hate them. I want WWE. None of these things should escape your mouth because guess what? If they're competitive, it's just going to drive competition between the two companies. You're going to see the best of the best out of both companies because nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to lose. So it, it the only people that are going to win are us fans. Hell yeah. Speaking of us fans winning, let's segue over into Monday Night Raw. Slam Up Wrestling <laughs> says, I didn't even exist in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for making me feel old. I appreciate that. I know. Fernando yeah. says, AEW had a much bigger presence because of social media and TNA never had that hype. But with the help of New Japan Pro Wrestling, ROH, and other promotions, people were able to know those guys and be more excited. Yes, and before we transition, Brandon. Um, oh, yeah. John Moxley is going to fight Juice Robinson uh, for New Japan. So that's exciting. I mean, that's a match I I didn't think I'd see. And uh, John Moxley is going to Japan. Like, it's crazy. I'm going to watch that event just because he's on there. That's to show you about bringing more eyes to the product. Like, I'm literally just going to watch that event because John Moxley is going to be on there. I mean, Jericho and stuff is going to be on already. But, like, I've seen it, you know. I think they actually have, like, a few wrestlers on their uh, roster right now that still have, you know, dates or events at other promotions that they're going to have them finish out before they come back. Well, absolutely. Before the TV starts up. Right. Exactly. I was going to say the TV doesn't start until uh, September. So why not have these, uh, these athletes be on some other organizations, help them out, bring more eyes to them and, you know, not get the ring rust. So uh, you were saying though, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, moving on to, uh, but that Ross asked what you thought. I I actually kind of like, uh, at least the first hour and the uh, and the third hour of of Raw, um, I thought I thought it was cool. It opened up a little bit differently. You had uh, Kofi Kingston and uh, Mr. Ziggler getting into it, and like a, a little bra thing. I why thought it was pretty. Why I it was on cool. Raw though? Like that's the thing. This wild card rule has completely right. soured me because it's you were like, rather I love Kofi Kingston. I, and, and, and I'm going to say this live on air. I have really liked Dolph Ziggler in the past couple of weeks. I don't hate Dolph yes. Ziggler. I just wanted to see something different out of him, and I'm finally seeing it, which is basically this character of, like, if Kofi did it and I've beat Kofi, obviously I deserve this. I shouldn't be in the shadows anymore. I'm going to win the WWE heavyweight title. And I think I mentioned it to you that he should have said it in his promo. I took the United States title from you. I took the IC title from you. I'm going to take the WWE title from you. And he should have said that, and I believed it. But at the same time, there's so much passion in his promo. I believe Dolph Ziggler. Here's a guy that, to me, when his next contract expires, if he's not on top of WWE, he's gone. He's going to AEW. 
uh, he seems like one of those. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's creatively stifled. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see that this is absolutely a few that I am excited for. And I did not, if you told me a month ago that Dolph Ziggler was coming back to fight Kofi Kingston, I had told you, don't show me that. I don't want to see anything. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> but you know, here we are. Here we are. That's right. Take that Jackie full of bourbon. Ziggler's go straight. To <laughs> you and your heel club jacket. Excited about this. <laughs> You're excited about the, uh, the Saudi Arabia show a little bit, right? I am. This gives, see, you, not, this gives you a reason uh, to watch. I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I try to at least stay out of it. Like I know there's politics involved, and there's this and that, and and a lot of people don't like, um, you know, that what's going on with, with Saudi Arabia. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, none of my business. I'm just talking about the wrestling aspect of it. Um, the wrestling aspect. It's an exciting show. It's a super showdown. It's like a WrestleMania two. I'm excited. I want to see it. You know, it's in a different, uh, different area. I mean, I always like hearing different crowds and stuff. And it says uh, thoughts on Alistair Black being banned from Saudi Arabia because of tattoos. Uh, it's kind oh, of wow. I it's get crazy. it. I get it. I get why WWE would not want him around with his satanic tattoos. <laughs> uh, I get it. Like I really do. Or put him in the makeup. Uh, it's still his character his character represents the occult like it's it's sensitive subject for a country that's not exactly up on the times to put it nicely you know what i mean like they might not understand and last thing you want is someone to go to stab this guy in 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 uh in saudi arabia because of what they feel uh you know what i mean it's i don't think it's worth the risk especially for a guy who hasn't uh, he's not even on SmackDown, guys. He's only been doing backstage vignettes. I mean, so it it it's not so much like I think the narrative is like, oh, he's banned from Saudi Arabia. I think it's more so that they're like, look, he's not on SmackDown. He's not active right now. Why put him through this and take the risk right now? You know what I mean? You know why put if he's if they're building his character, why have him come out in Saudi Arabia and possibly get booed? You know what I mean? You never know. I mean, so let's keep keep him on the back burner. Have him do his promos, debut him on SmackDown. So it's as simple as that. Uh, but I think it's being blown out of proportion, um, you know, the way people are saying it, uh, my opinion. But, yeah, the Saudi Arabia show, I'm hype. I mean, we got Goldberg versus freaking Undertaker. Like, that that match in itself. Um, <laughs> Slam Hope Wrestling says, I think Triple H versus Randy Orton will be a two-star classic that no oh, one will forget. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. I think that match is going to be a lot better than people yeah. realize because um, Randy Orton, people don't realize this, but Randy Orton has stepped up his game. And I know a lot of people are going to shake their heads and say, well, Randy Orton's always been good. <laughs> Randy Orton didn't get good until the last four or five years. And what I mean by that is like he's finally realizing how good he is. He's realizing he's the veteran now. He's not second guessing himself as much. So that all those things being said, I think we're gonna see a different Randy Orton versus Triple H. And Triple H is just always confident. But now if you have a situation where Randy Orton is willing to throw his two cents into the match, I think mark my words, I think you'll see a lot better a uh, lot better of a match. And here's a good question from Tiff. Mm-hmm. Are you guys watching NXT Takeover on Saturday? You know what's funny about that? I've been watching every single episode of NXT, but for some reason I was so 
enamored with Double or Nothing that I didn't have room mentally to think about TakeOver 25. Mm. Um, my opinion, Video Game Dre says, hey, thanks for jumping off of Instagram and onto YouTube. We appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't had time to think about TakeOver 25, but I, I'm pretty hype. I'm pretty hype into it. I have to go watch the NXT TakeOver right after this. Uh, NXT TakeOver, I should say. The NXT Weekly, um, basically to you know catch up a little bit. Uh, Fernando says, Brandon, you got any predictions for NXT? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? All the boys and girls are going to work really hard. They're going to put on 10-star classic matches. That's my prediction. Name you know one, what? Name name <laughs> one match. Name one match from NXT TakeOver. <laughs> oh, uh, wait. Is it Prince Pretty back? Uh, yep. Prince yeah. Pretty's back, yeah. Versus uh, Velveteen Dream, huh? Is that on the card? Huh. I, Look at that. Who told you that, Brandon? Look, nobody tells me anything. You know, people think sometimes I don't watch, which is probably true most of the time, but, you know, sometimes I do. Look, Gargano uh, versus Adam Cole. There you if, go. If their match is as good as the last takeover, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, it's going to be absolutely amazing. <laughs> the real Just question, that match alone. Right. What, do you think this this pay-per-view is going to surpass Double or Nothing? Ah, man, you know, I was going to give it, it, will a, it. I was going to give it a hard no. I was going to give it a hard no as soon as you said that. But then I was like, NXT has consistently been the best show for WWE for a while now. And with the pressure of Double or Nothing, they might hit it out of the park. And this is the 25th takeover. So let's see. I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I think Double or Nothing will edge it out just because of the precedent that, that Double or Nothing is setting. It's the first pay-per-view, whereas this is just a NXT takeover. I know it's the 25th takeover, but that's just marketing. Like, it's not the first takeover. The first takeover, NXT Arrival, was something completely special. I watched it live. I got goosebumps uh, in the same way that, you know, Double or Nothing did for me. Uh, Tiff says takeover is going to be awesome or amazing. Sorry. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be amazing. Um, but I don't think it's going to surpass double or nothing. Uh, Dwayne King says takeover 25 could be a five star show. I absolutely agree with it. Still don't think it's going to be better than double or nothing. And, you know, that's to tell you something that, you know, if takeover 25 is a five star show, that's crazy to think about. Absolutely crazy to think about. But they can do a lot. They can do a lot. But Brandon, uh, we, oh, let, yeah, as we start wrapping this up, yeah, anything else you want up. to talk about? Yeah, last couple things here. We got uh, your boy Baron Corbin, number one contender. Huh? Exciting times. No, <laughs> no, so I, thought, I called it. Do you remember I called him being the number one contender? Though <laughs> I was like, there's only one person that could get as much heat, and you know, against Seth Rollins, and it's freaking Baron Corbin. So, Baron Corbin, he's doing it. All right, yeah, finally, let's get to uh, the Sami Zayn promo, of course. We didn't even uh, talk about SmackDown. Is SmackDown a horrible show this week? No, uh, we'll get to that, but I, I figured this was, you know, this, this we should drop. talk about. So this, we should this talk is a little about. buzzworthy, I suppose, yeah, since we were on that track. Uh, Sami Zayn going out with the chair, and they have that segment, and he's asking the crowd, you know, questions from the you know ask him about the product 
and you have you know it goes to the crowd people and then he's uh he name drops awe and that sort of got what everything you just buzzing say? what you just say i said he name drops awe you said you literally said he name drops awe Yes, that's the other yeah. all wrestling mind, elite. You could have asked me mind boggling. <laughs> hey, and if you give so, me if you give me two seconds, I'm actually gonna yeah. I'm gonna see if I can edit on the fly here because I didn't have it prepared. <laughs> Did not have it prepared, but I'm gonna throw up that Sami Zayn clip right now from our Instagram. Let's see how quickly I can do this, but. Um, so what you what do you think about this, Brandon? What do you think this was a work? Do you think this was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll probably get, the next time we do a show, we'll probably get into it. Um, I, I'm starting to lean towards the more uh, conspiracy side of things. Uh, <laughs> here we go, guys. Oh yeah, go for it. About to about to throw it up here. I lied. I don't have it prepared. Apparently, <laughs> it's a absolutely, absolutely lied. Oh dear. We'll get it's, it. We'll, it's, we'll it's, figure it's it out. Really, it's really that this phone is blocking me right now. Edit. It's okay. Just screw it. Just screw it. We're right, not right. gonna have the clip. But <laughs> Sami Zayn says you could ask me anything. You could ask me about AEW. Yeah, and, and you get the oozing us from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think? Do you think this was scripted? Do you think? This yeah, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think. This, yeah, I think it was absolutely scripted. Um, but it's cool though because they sort of, unlike all the dirt sheet sites, they sort of thrown out like both stories. It's like, oh, this was this was scripted, and then it's like, oh no, like he went off the script, and you know, oh Vince is upset because all these wrestlers are you know tweeting about AEW and like they shouldn't be doing this, and so you got these sort of two lines going, and it's like, oh, is this scripted or you know is he mad about people mentioning this company name dropping this company? So it sort of gives both you know companies are a little rubbed there you know builds interest because it's like oh now i'm going to go tune in the other side to see if they mention him you know which is what he said here and there i mean we'll see how it goes hopefully we'll find the clip <laughs> so you can throw it up but... you could ask me anything. It. Oh, you yes, could yes, ask me about, about aew hey sammy hey so i don't have time to make it big though <laughs> you could ask me anything you could oh, ask me about aew it's okay i'm done <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out the next time. I, I tried to but do yeah, it because Fernando was... said refund. <laughs> it was refund <laughs> after I didn't do it. So I tried for him, but tried for him. Um man, that AEW reference was a dumb thing. What was what was Vince thinking? Uh I I liked it. I don't know what the big deal is. I don't I don't think it was as, you know, big as people are saying, but you know, it was cool that he name dropped it. It shows the WWE is aware of the competition. I mean, I, that's another thing. It's like I don't think, I don't think that would have happened with TNA. You know, TNA didn't get a reference on WWE television until 2017, when Kurt Angle, which I jokingly said by the way, which was like revenge, um, revenge for what was, uh, what Kurt Angle said. I should say to Sami Zayn. Do you remember when he told Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? He's like, uh, I don't have a job for you, but I heard TNA is oh, hiring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Kurt. Um, AEW got a reference to them within like three days of existing. How crazy is that? So, I mean, even scripted or not, I don't think it was scripted, but I think it was. And what I mean by that is I think Sammy had leeway. I think he, a couple of people probably told him like, Hey, you can say that if you want, but they were also like, don't tell Vince, you know, kind of thing. Like, you know, it was kind of like under the radar where I think people took some heat for it. 
but they let him say it, if that makes sense. Like, I'll take the heat for it if you get in trouble. Uh, Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Uh, But let's talk about this since we're talking about SmackDown uh, here. The one thing for SmackDown I did want to touch on, Elias winning his first singles title (laughs) in WWE. Yes. What was it, The 24-7 champion. So here is a clip I wanted to show everybody. And this is from Fact 5 Wrestling on Facebook. So follow them, please, guys. This is where I got this. It says, at the time of writing, Elias uh, has competed in a total of 44 matches in 2019, winning just four (laughs) matches and losing the other 40. How crazy of a statistic is that? Nuts. Hey, you know what? You talk about a guy that's going to elevate a title. I think it's the perfect guy to do it, man. Really? Because he lost it back to R-Truth by the end of the night. Did you know that? Right, but what I'm saying is it's like that made Archie's win like so much better because he beat Elias for it, you know? But there was a lot of people, like the controversy was like that Drew McIntyre let Elias win and that Roman <laughs> Reigns let R-Truth win. So it was kind of like, oh, hey, guys, you go ahead. You do you what you got to do. You guys go ahead and do what you got to do for it. Now, Drew kind of, I will say Drew McIntyre did a good job with it, in my opinion, because he kind of looked like when he hit the Claymore and then, uh, Elias went for the pin. He kind of looked like, what, hey, what are you doing? Like, why are you taking my win? And then he's just like, ah, screw it. Like, you do what you got to do. Right. Like, I'm not going to fight you for the title. Right. Um, so he at least did a good job of making it seem like, I wanted that, but all right, whatever. You let you get yours. Yeah. Roman, however, was a little bit more like, eh, you go do what you got to do. Dude, I think they should have Roman, like, win it. And me too. I think I that think, would be good for me yeah. too. I was gonna say I think they need to throw in like one or two names like that and and just yeah. kind of make it good. Um, if Elias had an EC3 theme song, I win the top ten, top ten percent. Uh, <laughs> four out of forty three. You get the joke there, Brandon? Um, Math was out here killing yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really, there's nothing else I really want to touch on in SmackDown. I mean, SmackDown was a solid show, but like, I, I don't know. This week was, I got the blinders on, dude. I got the blinders. It was all AEW this week. Can't see anything else, but anything you want to say in closing, Brandon? Uh, everybody should tune in to NXT 25 to see if Triple H, yeah. (laughs) To see, to see if Triple H claps back at the AEW boys. <laughs> need some competition. Need some heat. Right. Let's get excited. But anyway, guys, double or nothing, probably the best pay-per-view of the last 10 years. TakeOver 25 going to be a great pay-per-view. Raw or SmackDown? Eh. Mm. Brock Ziggler. Party. Brock Party is probably the highlight Brock Party. Of that. Oh, yeah. But, guys, I did want to remind you, please, you know, Follow us on all social medias at Kenny Podcast on Twitter, at the Kenny for Thoughts Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, if you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button. Hit that like button right now. Send us to the top of the charts, guys. Um, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube, youtube.com slash Kenny for Your Thoughts. We'll try to do more live episodes like this and not have technical difficulties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unlike this week, for the first time, it wasn't Brandon's fault. Um, I want to remind you once again. <laughs> so, somehow wrestling says Neville ringside at Takeover. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah! I want to remind you all support the show. Go ahead and go to prowrestlingtees.com/slash Kenny for your thoughts and purchase these beautiful shirts. We've got one over here that says "The Men 
who have a pretty badass wrestling podcast. My personal favorite. We'll throw up some more designs there for you as well. Uh, I think one that Dwayne King's going to like because it's going to include a crown. So, <laughs> um, But guys, I wanted to thank you for joining us on episode 34 of Accounting for Your Thoughts podcast. Again, subscribe, like us, give us a five-star review uh, if you're streaming on audio platforms. And everyone have a good night. Good night, everybody. Can he follow your thoughts?